0: Visit Toyota on Nicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com.
1: It's time for the Catholic Hipster Podcast with my dad, Tommy. And our farm sale. I hope you like it.
2: What up, everybody, and welcome to episode 25 of the Catholic Hipster Podcast. I'm Tommy, out here in the San Francisco Bay Area and way out in the ATL where it's blooming like spring, Sarah Vabulous.
0: <laughs> Hello, Tommy. Yes, it is. The, the groundhog was incorrect. It is early spring here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that groundhog, I loved it. One time the uh, Weather Underground did a little article about like, how often is the groundhog right versus how often are weather people right? And it was pretty good. 50-50 both ways, you know?
0: Oh, well, it's weather. Is it ever right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: very rarely, unless you're a weatherman in California or weather person in California right now, and you just say it's going to rain because it rains constantly. Mm. Our drought is nearly over, which so, is really exciting.
0: Any mudslides near you? I know that's been a problem.
2: Yeah, there's one in Santa Cruz, which is like, oh, maybe about 45 minutes away from here on Highway 17. This is like really mountainous road um, that people are like fearful of driving on because it has these crazy turns. Um, but now it's down to like one lane for each direction and it's been that way for two and a half weeks. So fun oh, wow. stuff over here. Wow, We do not handle rain well. No, <laughs>
0: but you know, we should um, continue to pray for the towns that were affected by that dam that broke. Um, I have to to feign a little bit of ignorance here because I didn't research which part of California that was in.
2: It's a little bit further north than me, kind of like past Sacramento from here. Okay, Um, okay. I wasn't
0: sure if it was northern or southern California. It's the
2: highest dam in the United States. Come on. Where's your, like, uh, I don't even know, I literally only
0: saw the headline that was, like, (laughs) dam breaks in California, and I was just like, Hail Mary, and that's all I had time to do. Oh, you are so so
2: sweet. That's so nice.
0: (laughs) Well, it's so sad. That's a lot of water. (laughs)
2: It is. It was like spilling over the top like a waterfall. It's crazy. Yeah. So we it just gotta crazy.
0: pray for California. You guys need the rain. Um, but you are close. Need to be safe with the rain.
2: That's right. And once it when it doesn't rain for seven years straight, you know, it's kind of intense when it rains. We we've gotten more rain this year than we did like in the seven years previous. So
0: That's crazy. It's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah. So happy post Valentine's mm, Day. Yeah yeah
0: <laughs> do you want to hear what <laughs> i learned on valentine's day yeah i learned that i have gray hair happy valentine's bum, bum, day to bum, me
2: bum, bum. Ta-da! <laughs> though everyone wants to know is it still gray right now
0: no i dyed it blonde you're welcome
2: hey, <laughs> hey. all right now
0: <laughs> i know why i get my hair highlighted so it's just <laughs> now it's it's an actual reason um, for my, my visits to she, I love my, my girl does my hair though. We've been growing up together. If you will, she's been doing my hair for 12 years and she's just a bit older than me. So Dang, 12
2: years. I yeah. mean, you were a baby, just a baby back then in college. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, no. Goodness. So that was my Valentine's day fun, except it, it made me did uh thing. Good grammar, Sarah. It made me stop and think. <laughs> man if I have gray hair am I ever gonna have somebody on Valentine's Day (laughs) oh come on gray
2: hair is not that bad (laughs) right I hope I mean I would rather have gray hair than going bald which is what's slowly happening to me Mm -hmm. out here
0: yeah I've been having that conversation with some of my uh, my guy friends this week I'm like so would you rather have gray hair would you rather go bald and they're like I'd rather have gray hair (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's because we're always like guys are like we'll look at George Clooney like everyone thinks he's a hottie he's got gray hair but none oh, of us look like George Clooney so, so it doesn't...
0: oh he's so handsome
2: but it's not his gray hair that makes him handsome right it, it his helps chiseled, actually his chiseled good looks
0: so fun fact about me
2: <laughs> uh-oh I'm sitting I'm so, sitting down
0: so when I worked in Congress um there was a newly elected congressman from North Carolina Patrick McHenry now he was the youngest member of Congress at the time. Um, I was, I don't know, twenty six or twenty seven ish, maybe. I don't know, twenty five. I can't remember. Anyways, he was he was definitely only like a few years older than me, and I decided that I wanted to meet him and fall in love with him. So I did. And I did. Yes. I I scheduled a meeting with him. I had, um, since I was a congressman scheduler, I had his scheduler schedule a meeting for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so
0: I got to hang out with him, and we had so much fun, and we laughed. And we talked about barbecue and life, um, and then I never heard from barbecue him Barbecue is life. <laughs> yeah, true. Especially because he's from North Carolina, right? Um, because and that's he, it? He
2: ghosted you well, after that? Is that with that, kids? Ca- that's right. Catholic,
0: yeah, yeah. He's also Catholic and all this, but then he met some girl and married her, and it wasn't me. Rude. Boo. <laughs> but anyways, I also thought he was very handsome because... He started going gray when he was in his mid 20s and I thought it was very distinguishing.
2: Bingo. There you go. So,
0: you know, yeah, some women can find men with gray hair handsome.
2: Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, it worked out, I guess as God willed it to and We'll yeah, keep,
0: sure. Yeah, I mean we'll otherwise <laughs> Otherwise maybe I wouldn't be on this podcast with you right you now. You definitely
2: <laughs> wouldn't. You'd be like, you know, a congress wife or something. We would never something. Have, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or whatever. But he's also well, shorter my... than me, so that so it's good it didn't work out.
2: Shorter than you. Wow. Yeah, when
0: I stood next to, Oh, I should send you the picture. But yeah, when I stood next to him, <laughs> I I knew he was short, but I was like, "Oh no, it'll be about the same. Nah, he's like an inch shorter than me." I was like, mm, bummer." <laughs> or
2: i um, yeah, yeah, short. It's hard. I'm short, so it's tough.
0: Yeah, but how tall are you?
2: Five ten, which I know is that's normal. Not short. Everyone says that's normal, but that's guys are tall That's total average
0: big. men's height.
2: That's what I'm sure. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, ladies, I'm average <laughs> and taken.
0: <laughs> I mean, whatever. So no, just some people are freaks that are really tall. Like uh, one of one of my friends. Oh, we just lost all the freaks. Oh, Come yeah. on. No, no. One of my friends. Um, he's six nine. I'm like, you are huge six nine that's tall when i stand next to him my the top of my head barely comes to his armpit
2: (laughs) so all right (laughs) my valentine's day yeah sorry too much we've got we've got uh, the amazing guest katie prejean mcgrady wait she's your valentine's
0: day (laughs) no i'm just
2: i'm relating it i'm I'm doing like yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because she's about to have her first child So I was going to clue oh, her in So yeah. when she listens back to this She can hear that for my wife and I Our Valentine's Day included A two and a half year old Throwing up on the kitchen floor <gasps> and Then mm-hmm. throwing up every 90 minutes in our bed
0: What? Parenthood uh, Oh man, well you know it That's love That's what Valentine's Day is really about True love right there <laughs>
2: Yes, yes Luckily, he's still throwing up as of yesterday. No For way! Those of you listening to the podcast that was Friday. Valentine's Day was Tuesday, so no what's way.
0: Up? Still like f- totally. five days later.
2: Yeah, weird, huh?
0: Oh, bless his heart. He's probably super dehydrated. Oh,
2: we're just like pounding him with what is it? Pedialyte. Yeah, yeah,
0: that stuff's the jam.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> yes, it's true. Katie Prejean McGrady I always called her Katie Pregie McGrady can I just confess that No, oh, that's like,
0: fine I just before I heard
2: her say that and then I felt like well guess. that's way cooler
0: well she's from down in the bayou right so that's why her last name is awesome
2: there you go she also lists herself on Twitter as quote Tommy's wife which is a lie I'm not married to her <laughs> I don't know why she's doing this. She's trying to ride my coattails or something. <laughs> or I'm not sure.
0: Something.
2: She's the author of Room 24, Adventures of a New Evangelist. And she, Sarah, wants to talk about how to evangelize without really knowing that you're evangelizing, which is a topic near and dear to my heart, too. I'm
0: like, isn't that our shtick?
2: Yeah, kind of. It was funny when i was coming out here to the garage to sit in my recording studio known as a 2008 <laughs> toyota sienna with 95,000 miles on it my wife said i think you wrote an article about that you should talk about that and i was like huh so <laughs> well, shout fair, out to my beautiful wife for yes to remember that kind of stuff <laughs> we
0: should have karen back since she was on our first episode we should that's have her right
2: back. wait that first episode that never happened or the one that did happen
0: i don't remember the one
2: that did arlene spensley right
0: it's drunk. good we remember. We're awesome.
2: Karen, I know you were on that one. I love you. Um,
0: yeah, great. She told an awkward story, and it was awesome.
2: Let's uh, <laughs> Let's get out of the way, and let's let Katie come on and explain why she lists herself as Tommy's wife on Twitter, because it's really confusing to people, I think. Mm, yeah. All, All right. right. <laughs> we'll be back.
1: I think it's time for a
0: break now.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to the Catholic Hipster Podcast. We've got an exciting guest, Catholic Throwdown alum, Katie Prejean-McGrady. I'm trying to say that right. Am I did doing we it say right? it right?
1: You did. You said it correctly. I'm yes. impressed. Yes.
2: The author of Room 24, Adventures of a New Evangelist, and as we talked about in the first segment, curiously noted as, quote, Tommy's wife in her Twitter bio, and I'm super confused <laughs> because I've never met her in person, but she seems very nice. Katie, you know, Hi we have a
1: special relationship in my heart tommy
2: oh that's nice (laughs) yeah i put
1: i was gonna put his handle i love my husband dearly but i make fun of his twitter handle all the time because it's like it's based off this story the real tour i can't even begin to tell it properly um that he tells when he travels and speaks mainly to middle school kids so if i put the handle in there i feel like i'm I'm implicitly supporting the story that drives me up a wall so i just put tommy's (laughs) wife
2: Does that make me a bad
1: wife? We've only been married nine months. So, you know, I'm still learning the ropes.
2: No, you're a perfect wife. That makes (laughs) you exactly what every wife should be.
1: (laughs) Secretly hoping, you know, making fun of their husband's Twitter handles.
2: Yeah, embarrassed, making fun. Yeah. He live
1: tweets the NBA games that I can't watch. So I really appreciate that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is good. Katie, it's been a week since we had another podcast thing that you were on. That's exciting. How's yeah. It been, how's it been the last week? You're you're also pregnant for people who can't see through the audio that they're playing into their earbuds. Yes. So how's that been going?
1: Well, you know, so I'm still in that phase of anonymous pregnancy is what I call it because I don't have a baby Ooh, nice. bump yet. So I'm like 12 weeks pregnant, but I know I'm pregnant. My husband knows I'm pregnant. My students most certainly know because of my random mood swings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And my desire to eat all the things that are in front of me. But also, I've so this is how I define pregnancy. I've, I've come up with two definitions of it. It's when you want to eat nothing, but you could eat everything, at least in the first trimester, because I have not wanted food. And it's when life is just lived in the brief moments between having to pee, because it's just <laughs> this constant need to go to the bathroom when I haven't drank anything. Um, So, other than that, it's it's the miracle of life, and the child is growing inside my womb, and there's two heartbeats and all that nonsense. But as of right now, it's more annoying because I just kind of look like this vapid waste. I've lost nine pounds since getting pregnant because I've been so sick. So, like, people have come to me and said, "Are you sure you're pregnant, or it's not something else?" What are you implying? I have cancer? Thank you. No, it's a baby. It's real. <laughs> it's in there.
2: Here's the last picture
1: of it, People it don't looks like a tadpole.
2: People don't know how to handle pregnancy and what to say in any way ever. No, none. It's amazing. It's amazing. It happens so much. We're all here because of it. And yet it's so incredibly awkward for everybody. I don't understand.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. And and like I've had students say things like, Are you sure you're pregnant because you're not eating enough? Um, I've had students say, "Well, I can tell you're pregnant because of the mood swings." Like they, and they're fourteen oh, year olds, so they freshman. can get away with it. Um, <laughs> so that's what Hollywood
0: yeah. taught them. You can blame Hollywood for that. Blame California. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there it is. Redacted city. Redacted, Redacted city. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm going to California this
1: week. I get there on Wednesday. I'm excited. Heck yeah! Where are you going? I'll be at Congress. Don't tell people, but that's where I'll be. Well, I guess this is on a podcast, so now they all know. What is-
2: what is that? You mean like in Sacramento? R.E. Congress, man.
1: R.E. Congress, the largest oh, gathering.
2: thing in Los Angeles. Right?
1: of yeah. And I'm putting air quotes that can't be seen of Catholics. Um, oh, this isn't the Catholic throwdown,
2: Katie. Chill out. <laughs> sorry,
1: sorry. I, I love Congress. I absolutely love it. I get to see people that I never get to see year round. And then L.A. does a really great job of they've got Youth Day on the Thursday. So it's I mean, it's close to 20,000 young people from the whole area. And a lot of school kids get off for the days so they can come. And so I'm, I'm in Hall B this year. So I get to speak to about 5,000 in two different rounds. So I'm really pumped about that.
2: That um, is crazy.
1: And then it's the adult side of it is on the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday where there's just any workshop you want to go to on any topic, pretty much about anything concerning faith or not is there.
2: Well, that's broad, but also yeah, very, it is awesome. very
1: broad. It, well, we go to their website and like, I'm telling you, you can find almost any topic. I, I, and I'm, I'm not doing justice to it because I'm not giving any examples. But like in the past <laughs> two years, my workshops have been on young adult catechesis. That's this year. Uh, last year was one on middle school catechesis. And the year before I did one on how to how to minister to like older high school students. So like they, they I mean, they just and everything in between. And that's just one person doing three different workshops in three years. Like they do not pigeonhole you into a topic. They they give you kind of this this range of are you capable of talking about a variety of subjects concerning evangelization. So I love them for that. And they give us hot dogs on Youth Day, which I'm always a big fan of.
0: I love hot dogs. Absolutely. I got a question for you when we put you on the hipster hot seat then. I'm ready. Oh, okay. All right. It's later. Ooh. Okay. It's later. <laughs> it's
1: a hot seat. That's exciting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just wait. Sponsored by St. Lawrence.
1: Oh, that's a – that's a – that's good. There That's it was. a There it is. That's a knee slapper. That's a good one.
2: <laughs> That's the one. It's a wholesome joke, and it's it hilarious. Is. And Katie, you know tell us about are your, Catholic. <laughs> tell us about your book, Katie, Room 24. The oh. cover, and can I just say, when I look at covers of Catholic books, I have to say yours is pretty great.
1: Oh, thanks. I had nothing to do with it. Um... I know. Yeah, I
2: realize <laughs> that now.
1: <laughs> That's the beauty. Well, so there's... I'll start with actually the cover. There's kind of a cool story behind it. Um, so I'm Maria press, which I adore working with them and, and writing for them. Um, they're nothing but kind people. When when they've sent us wedding presents and baby presents, and I just love them. Um, not just for the presents, but also for their, their <laughs> theological acumen. That sounded the very presents, materialistic for a second. The and the money.
2: The money's also. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> money is good. Yeah, passive <laughs> income.
1: Um, you just write a book and then checks appear. Um, so get ready, Tommy. Um, oh so boy! So I like we, those uh, checks.
2: That, do they send checks if they're like less than a dollar? Like no. You no, no, you have to like earn money to get yeah, it yeah it's
1: like every six months but it's nice we get to go on a date um <laughs> that is nice so the that's well, accurate
0: oh, that's accurate as a fellow author that's accurate oh yeah yeah <laughs> you, for, you
1: forget that this thing makes money until a check appears from ave and you're like oh, oh crud now i have to claim that on my taxes but that's okay
0: that's or, good or, also, you, or also, you don't make money that that's oh,
2: right right <laughs> also all the parents are laughing because katie's like oh when the check comes you get to go on a date and i'm sitting here like i've got three kids one of whom who's puking and i don't get to go on a oh. date <laughs>
1: oh i'm sorry you should uber eat some food don't they have that in california
2: god people are talking about uber eats quite a bit around here well, yeah in lake
1: charles we have it's called waiter oh, oh that's
2: a better name
1: w-a-i-t-r it's uh, a $5 delivery fee. Yeah, they got it's that annoys me about it.
2: Like, <laughs> every time I use it I You want to tell every it. delivery guy like, "Listen, the E yeah. thing, you know?" He's like, "I'm just a contractor, I don't know." Exactly. Yeah, I
1: just get paid $5 to bring you your Tony's pizza.
2: Um, this is the third time I've been here, ma'am. Like, what the heck is going on? You don't even look pregnant.
1: Right. Exactly. Well, I always <laughs> like I always have to tell them when I meet them outside. My husband's inside, and and
2: we share food with our dog
1: because like it comes in large quantities. I don't waiter <laughs> unless it's multiple dishes. Like I'm not gonna waiter one thing. That's I'm not paying that five dollars. i VM too cheap, even with the checkbooks or the book checks, whatever checkbooks book checks. That's a real word, right? Yes,
2: dude. Edit all that out. People don't even know what checkbooks are anymore. You just aged our podcast. There you go. Do they
1: have to balance it? Because they don't teach that in school anymore either.
2: No, they don't. So back to. to (laughs) Oh, yeah. Room 24. Go for it. Well,
1: no, no. I wanted to hear what you're about to say. Say that. (laughs)
2: I was going to say like when I when I was a child in the early 90s and late 80s. It was like my parents would give me their old checkbook registers to play with. Right? And I would like balance my checks and like write checks for bills. That was like a game.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: now we have Twitter. Yeah, and now yeah, exactly. And now we have moving images that make people right. chuckle.
1: Um, Our kids take a book and press the pictures and, and say, why isn't it moving? And, and you have to remind them it's not an iPad. Yep
2: room 24 yeah so there you go
1: right (laughs) i've seen that with my 14 year olds um so eileen ponder my my awesome editor when we were in the process of writing and and ave is really good about walking with you every step of the way like mapping out what they want and what you want making sure that your vision fits with what they want to contribute to the market um i never felt abandoned so to speak um and, and maybe that's not usual for all authors at any in any publishing house but I felt I felt like they were holding my hand the whole time, which was good because I was remarkably insecure. Um, But I sent her this this snapshot of my my moleskin notebook where I had first written the idea out for the book. And I'd like sketched out my 10 chapters with all these doodles. And so I just I I took a picture of it. I emailed it to her and I was like, I just thought you might appreciate seeing like this was where my brain was when I first sent you all the proposals and everything. Well, unbeknownst to me, she kept it and she printed it out and she gave it to the marketing people, who then used those doodles like they they made them look nicer and artseed them up on the cover. Um, so those are all doodles from the original like little piece of paper in my in my that moleskin so that I I now have it so so down framed. Did you yeah, see the headstone cool. like
2: the R.I.P. self? Yeah, That, like self? that yep. is so yep. rad. That's um, good.
1: So so when and you don't get to choose your cover like you don't ever see the other options. So when no, they you don't. Katie it, gets uh, to
2: choose my cover. Yeah, guys, I've actually and her children
1: had, uh, book survey covers this past week. Like I guess they've got quite a few coming out recently. That's cool um, or soon. But I got to veto
0: was, my first book cover because I was like, nope, oh,
1: that's nice. Nope. Oh, there you go, some freedom. <laughs> yeah. When
0: you have the right – like when they sent it to me, they said if you don't
1: like this, you can tell us no. Like we'll go back to the drawing board. You know, literally because it's a whiteboard with markers. But. um <laughs> which I've always appreciated, but they, uh, I loved it. I loved it and, and yeah, it's Instagrammed cool. the heck out of it. And it was great. Yeah. So very good. there it is. So, so that's the cover. inside the book though. So yeah. In the book. Now that we are in, so page one, is an
2: endorsement <laughs> book is from dead. my bishop. Do you have an imprimatur in room 24?
1: <laughs> no, it's it's not an imprimatur because it's not a technical theological textbook of any kind, but I did have to go meet with him and, you know, he offered me some insight and then I took him out for dinner and a drink and, and, um, you know, putting him up so that so you he would, bribed him. Yeah, I bribed him. Okay. I bribed him. Well, after after the endorsement, I took him out as a thank you. Um, but so our bishop is a dear family work, friend, so it worked out. Drink
2: for an
0: endorsement. <laughs>
1: he had an old-fashioned for the record. Um, <laughs> very bishop drink. Um, but inside it's just it's 10 chapters, so it's 10 stories essentially from my classroom about evangelization, but from the perspective of like here's some some moments and some interactions with kids. So for example, my favorite story to always tell is is the third chapter of the book um, is the story of a student making a Christian mingle profile for me without telling me. Oh, <laughs> oh Wow. Yeah. So, so and, and, and that student is now a senior, um, and is very proud of the fact that he is chapter three of the book. Um, so he made this Christian mingle profile for me, uh, unbeknownst to me, and this guy found me on the profile. And found me on Facebook and Adam is a friend on Facebook and I didn't confirm him. And like Facebook's got this weird like security feature where if somebody adds you three times in like 20 minutes and you deny them three times in like 20 or 30 minutes, they block them. So they can't keep adding you.
2: Um, Once you deny them three times before the cock crows. Correct.
1: Correct. It's very, very Christian. Mark Zuckerberg didn't even realize he was doing it. So, um, we have to talk about him he wrote something really weird on facebook the other day we'll come back to that well i remember he yeah. met
0: pope francis so oh did he oh yeah just oh, recently maybe. anyway we'll talk yeah, about it. the catalyst
1: um he's so cool both of them anyway so uh so this kid had made the profile this guy adds me on facebook i deny him and then so later that same night i get this phone call from a random number and the only reason i answered it because it was like at ten fifteen was because we had some youth group kids out at this retreat center preparing for this conference that was starting the next day. And I thought maybe it was one of the kids calling on somebody else's phone because the service is really terrible out there. So like, you know, the adult in me kicked into high gear, like protective mode. And it was this guy that had added me on Facebook and had apparently found me on Christian Mingle, which I didn't know about yet. And so he's like really creepy and like all the like heavy breathing on the phone. <laughs> creepy, asks me out and I'm like, uh no, I don't know. I don't know you and he's like, "Yo, but I just think we really would have a lot in common." It was creepy. I hang up on the guy. He calls back five more times. Oh I call my father God. to come check and make sure my alarm system is working properly and like <laughs> like a little nervous if this guy found me on Facebook, could he have found where I live? And like, you know, the internet's a scary place. You never know what's out there. For the record, I then met my husband about a year later on facebook um but that was not it him was he the it was caller it was not oh, the guy <laughs> that would God. be even better but no, I, it was not I,
0: I really guy. i wanted that to be the end of the story i really did and then I, I married
1: really did. this guy i really did no no um but so the next day end of the story is i get to school i'm telling my students this like weird moment the night before thinking i it. oh funny. he like sinks down into his chair he is turning <laughs> bright red <laughs> And I know something's up. And I was like, Bailey, do you know anything about this? And he goes, um, well, you see. And, and so the 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 conversation is recounted in the book of how he's like, we just we all know that you want to get married someday. And like, we just wanted you care so much about us. So we wanted to help you out. Da, 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 da. Oh, my gosh. I ripped into the kid. I was so mad about invasion of privacy and you can't do something like that. And I should turn you into the office and you should get suspended the only reason I didn't put him in trouble, like get him in any type of trouble was because he said he was going to a different school the next year. And I didn't want to ruin like his last month at our Catholic school. And when you know, he didn't transfer. He stayed at that school and has taunted me with that reality ever since. But uh, (laughs) he's a sweet kid and he I know he meant no real harm by it. I don't think they ever thought I'd get like a wink from this guy on Christian Mingle and. The guy um, so, who was like,
2: oh, yeah. "Hi, Katie." Yeah,
1: they, like the the creepy girl from Hey Arnold that like builds a a a shrine to Arnold in the closet. That's yes. what I imagine this guy did. Maybe I'm being a little too arrogant and thinking he did that to me, but it was creepy. It was weird. Um, well You know, you got his a closet fan club. There's
2: like, there Christmas <laughs> lights and pictures and yeah, great stuff. All
1: the recordings of all my talks playing on a constant loop from Steubenville. Yeah, it's all there. But it, the, the, so the premise of that chapter was when, when we invest in people, when we invest in relationships to help people get to know Christ, because that's where that's where the relationship with Christ really begins, is in a relationship with another person who can give testimony to Christ. Um, then they they care about you and you care about them. And, and so and and it's really weird way it manifested with students making me a Christian mingle profile, but it showed that like it was a two way street. They, they cared about me just as much as I cared about them. Um, and so how we forget sometimes in evangelization we we just try to do this you know it's it's almost like it's one damn thing after another well here's this truth of the church and here's this truth of the church and here's this truth of the church memorize it and go to mass on sunday and make sure you get to confession once a month and we forget that in between all of that we need this this like chain of relationship and friendships to help support them on that journey
2: bam katie knocking it out of the park let's (laughs) take a break and we'll come back to our our next segment our final segment where we're going to talk about evangelizing when you don't even mean to or realize you're doing it we're going to talk about mark zuckerberg and we're going to put katie on the catholic hipster hot seat where we're going to test her chips and salsa expertise she claims to be a chips and salsa expert but she's from louisiana so how could it be i don't know we'll be right back
0: All right, everybody, it's time for the segment that I know you're really excited about. I don't really know why you're excited about it. But anyway, we're back. We're still talking to Katie. She's cracking us up. Um, and we're going to talk about Mardi Gras and Mark Zuckerberg. Answer your questions. And then my favorite part, when Tommy and I forget questions for the Catholic Hipster Hot Seat.
2: Every time. Every, Every time. Time. I don't even know what I'm going to ask. That's how exciting it is. It's hot for everyone.
0: <laughs> That's right. So, Katie, you're going to... Uh, mardi gras party tonight because right you live down in louisiana louisiana in Louisiana,
1: yeah southwest so if you if you hold your hand up like the l of louisiana i'm in the the heel of the boot mm. as we like to say mm. um so mardi gras is remarkably different across our state there's new orleans mardi gras which is what you see on tv and like the bad boys bad boys what you're going to do like police segments where they arrest people that's not what mardi gras is like in my town mardi gras my town is very um kind of low key in the sense that like so there's these things called crews and it's spelled with a K K R E W E. And it's basically an adult fraternity slash sorority where you pay to have friends and your crew and you, you <laughs> do parties all year long. So it's, you have a, a, a big like opening party in August and um, we have all this stuff right around Christmas time. And um, the big, the big, obviously the reason you pay to be in this crew is your ball. Um, and so the Mardi Gras balls happen Pretty much from January 6th, so whenever 12th night is, all the way up to Fat Tuesday. And, and they're usually all on the weekends. And so these balls are basically adult proms. That's a lot of um, partying. Oh, it is. And, well, you don't have one every weekend. You go to your cruise. But oftentimes you get invited to other crews. So, and like Charles, for example, we have over 42 crews that, that have well over 100 members each and some people are in multiple crews and some crews are like super old, like, like the crew de la Famille, which is the one my parents are in. So the crew of the family has existed since the seventies and and they always have a big themed ball. My parents were on court when I was a kid. And so there's, so like, I mean, this sounds to anybody listening, that's not from Louisiana, this sounds really weird and almost kind of cultish, but like you grow up with it. So my parents were Duke and Duchess of crew de la Famille in like 1997. And they have to wear these, these gigantic, I mean, Google Mardi Gras headdresses for crews and like you'll see the pictures of like people in these gigantic thousand dollar headdress sets and they get paraded around in front of all the other members of the court. And like you are basically your crew's royalty for the next year. So there's kings and queens, there's dukes and duchesses. um, You have debutantes. So like when you're in high school, you get presented as a debutante. Um, It's like your coming out ceremony. I mean, think like old antebellum South like that. We kind of like embody that spirit and then it's just a big dance and party and drinking and food and all that good stuff so all in the name of we got to get it all out of our system before lent because we're good catholics <laughs>
0: um
1: and so then to my marty girl crew is is crew de lac um so crew of the lake. <laughs> crew de lac we're not very exciting crew of the lake um and we have a, we have two parties actually we have our big cocktail party which was a couple of weeks ago where you get all gussied up and then we have our costume ball and so you get together with your groups of friends within the crew and you come up with your different costumes. And so last year we were the Harlem Globetrotters. Um, so we short sure, shorts, sure big froze, you know, tank tops. The year before, um, <laughs> pictures, we were Nintendo pictures. characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're on my Facebook page. We were, on, we were Nintendo characters the year before. Um, so my husband and I were uh, Toad and Toadette. We're pretty excited about that, like full blown costume, made them made them from scratch with bowls and stuffing. And I learned to sew for a brief period of time this year. I'm pretty excited about we are villains. So my husband is Gaston and I'm Ursula. Um, and then our guests are coming as Priella de Vil and like one of the thieves from 101 Dalmatians. And my little sister who uh, lives in town for this brief period of time before she goes off to canon Law School. Um, we got her a ticket. And so she's going to be one of the Dalmatians <laughs> that Cruella steals. So like, we've got this whole like Disney set. And then other people in our crew are like being Bane. And I think some Dr. Freeze, is that a, I'm not very good at comedy. Mr.
2: Freeze. Mr. Mister Freeze. <laughs> Freeze. It's Dr. Strange,
1: but Mr. Freeze. That's right. Sorry, Tommy. So no, anyway, it's I a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just, it, you know, every year I always, I like, I, because it costs money, like you have to buy booze and you have to buy food and like, you have to buy gifts for your, your guests. And like, Every year I'm always like, what's the point of this? And then you get there and you have this live band and, and you just have all these people and all this these costumes. And you just you see everybody that you haven't seen for for at this point two weeks, but like usually like a year at a time. <laughs> and and you just it's just great fun. It's 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 awesome fellowship. I don't know that it's evangelization proper, but I certainly share the Lord. When I'm raising a glass, this year I'm the DD, so that's very Jesus-oriented because I'm pregnant. Um, Listen, you're talking to me
0: on this podcast, I fully embrace all of this. Oh, yeah. It's
1: awesome. I mean, if you ever get the chance to come down to a Louisiana Mardi Gras, Lake Charles, Lafayette, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, HOMA. HOMA has an incredible Mardi Gras celebration. Like, there's just, it's the culture. And don't ever let anybody tell you Mobile, Alabama founded Mardi Gras. That is a lie, and that is wrong. (laughs)
2: you heard it here everybody throw down (laughs) we have officially declared the truth here on this podcast about mardi gras katie mark zuckerberg you said he posted something that stood out to you let's do it
1: yeah so go find this facebook post i mean it's it's kind of long but he talks about building a global community and he said just last night um facebook stands for bringing us closer together and building a global community When we began, this idea was not controversial, but every year the world got more connected, and this was seen as a positive trend. Yet now, across the world, there are people left behind by globalization and movements for withdrawing from global connection. There are questions about whether we can make a global community that works for everyone and whether the path ahead is to connect more or reverse course. And it just like, I thought at first he was going the direction of like, everybody argues on Facebook and stop arguing, like stop yelling at each other and just... Post pictures of your kids and your food. Like, that's what Facebook is for. Um, so I, it's just been on my mind, like, this concept of we're connecting on the Internet. And I think that's a good thing. I think it brings people together. We would not be doing this podcast together unless I followed you guys on Twitter and y'all followed me and, and we knew each other from from, quote, unquote, Catholic Twitter. Like I wouldn't have met my husband unless we were Facebook friends, and he sent me a message. I, they're they're friends of mine from college. I wouldn't know what their kids look like and and consistently know what's going on in their life unless we were connected through social media, because that gives us a forum for it. And yet I feel like some people are starting to pull away from it, and I think we just have to kind of reclaim it. So that that's just what I'm, that's on my mind. Discuss.
2: I like it. I like it. Katie McGrady likes the internet. Everyone. I do.
0: <laughs> if we use it properly. Yes. That's I agree. Onion's not
1: real news, right? Like (laughs) the onion's not a trustworthy source. Stop sharing it as a trustworthy source.
2: (laughs) Thank God for the onion, though. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I
0: have the Tiber. I have the Tiber. Yes. I have the Tiber. Yes. I actually recently just quit Facebook, and by recently I mean about five months ago, Um, and Mm -hmm. I've just I'm enjoying my life without Facebook. But that said, I have Instagram and Twitter, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so yes, absolutely, I see so many lovely ways to use the internet. I'm. All about it, you know. I have multiple friends because of Twitter specifically, and so it's about um, drawing boundaries for what you, as a person, mm-hmm. um, are can can handle. Because some people actually rage too much on online. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> and so these are things that we Guilty. need. To, yeah, know our limitations <laughs> of just because you think it doesn't mean you have to share it, um, because it right. really is should be a place of positivity and evangelization whether you're overtly evangelizing or um in those opportunities where you can just talk about jesus straight up um we should Mm -hmm. always keep in mind who we are as catholics with everything that we talk about online whether we mention god or don't right oh yeah bingo amen
2: Katie, you got a couple. You got you got a couple questions in you before we go to the hipster hot seat. Of you got some questions on Twitter. At Brandon Dakota wants to say she heard an insight recently that we often try to catechize before we evangelize. Do you think that it's true? And what can we do to make sure our evangelization is full of love? Oh,
1: <laughs> buy a box of chocolates on sale at Kroger. Um, and no, everything's <laughs> on sale right now. <laughs> <right> after Pel- <laughs> <laughs> um. I, you know, that's a great she's right. I agree. We do try to catechize before we evangelize. We, we we put kids in parish religious education programs and hand them a textbook with almost heretical nonsense. Tommy, I've seen your tweets.
2: Oh, my uh, God. Was that incredible? <laughs> oh, gosh. A weekly conversation of should we pull them out and do it at home? Exactly. I th- are
1: you allowed to? Is that even an option?
2: We haven't brought it up yet.
1: OK, I will be. Praying God bless
2: my parish. Time. I love you. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Um, but, but I feel like that happens, I mean, regardless of where you are in the country or, or, or even in the world at times, we, we want to get through the checklist. It's checklist Christianity, it's checklist catechism, um, and, and forego the, the opportunity to share the gospel. I mean, evangelization at the heart of it is, is the bringing of Jesus Christ to every corner of the world, to every person in every scenario, whether it's the CEO or the man living under the bridge or anybody in between and allowing the conversion of their hearts through the power of the gospel itself. And last time I checked, I mean, the sacraments, of course, power of the gospel itself, and learning the sacraments and learning the beatitudes and learning the Ten commandments. But my line always is: if if a if a young person or an adult or somebody in RCIA has learned the Ten Commandments, memorized them, and can recite the Beatitudes, congratulations, you can pass a test. But are you not following them too? Are you not living them? And if, if you're not, then we failed you. Um, and so catechism and evangelization are not opposed, but they have to they have to work together are they really that different if you're doing it properly? No, right? Like you can catechize someone in the process of building that relationship with them and helping them understand those tenets of the faith. But why are we following these rules? Well, have we painted the bigger picture of the story? Have we, St. Augustine would call this the narratio, right? Have we narrated to them the truth? Have we shown them how all the pieces fit together and, and, and the, the typology of our faith to so where they sit there and they nod their head and they go, wow yeah, so he does have a plan for my life. And I probably should get to know this this guy who died for me because he wasn't just bored, but because he loves me. I don't yeah, know if that gave tangible degree. answers, Definitely. but and, and I think that just naturally leads to the fullness of love. I mean, a teacher sometimes is, is struggling to find how she loves her students. But, um, and I could tell you story after story of that, but at the end of the day, I have to constantly remind myself, and I think we all do when we're in evangelization scenarios, whether we realize it or not, every person we meet is somebody's child, that's somebody's spouse or future spouse or, or, or was someone's spouse, um, somebody's mother, somebody's father. I mean, they have a, a whole personal history, their own personal salvation history in some sense, and you're a blip on their radar. You're one individual coming into their life at a certain point in history, a certain point in time. And how can you you see them for all that they are, made in God's image and likeness, and love them for all that they are, even if what they are right now is annoying the fire out of you, and lead them <laughs> ever more to that greater truth? Um, I don't always do that perfectly in my classroom or in my life, but it's it's my it's my goal, it's my dream to to be ideal, right? So, Very thanks good. for that question, Brandon. I'm gonna go write another book. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Way to go! Send her send her some of those checks for there we them go,
1: yeah, in like a year and a half when they start coming in. <laughs>
2: Uh, at Jason Trajillo underscore asks, sometimes our families require more evangelization than outsiders. How do you approach that?
1: I mean, you're probably around those people more than anybody else, right? Um, that's
2: I, hope actually, so. I, mean, I
1: would hope. I would hope, um, unless you're avoiding your crazy dad who voted for people that you didn't vote for. Um, I love you, dad, if you're listening. Um,
2: we love you too.
1: <laughs> that's we Tommy and I go in to dinners with our family with my family, cause we're in Lake Charles and, and we'll like be like United front, no politics, no politics. We're not talking politics. And then it'll inevitably turn to politics. Um, and my sister who's arguably the most intelligent person in the room who has a politics and theology degree. So the two things you can't talk about in public, she, she majored in, in college <laughs> and she'll sit there and just like, not say a word, even though she's probably the only person that actually is qualified to say anything. Um, but, but I mean, she's, our, <laughs> she's learned. <laughs> oh, she has. She's, she's a very moderate young woman. Um, and I love her dearly, but she, so I, I bring up my family because, I mean, my family's super Catholic. Um, I, when we were kids, I would call them, we were big Catholics, you know, like we, that's, some kids grew up going to the baseball field and some kids grew up going to the dance studio. I grew up going to church. That's where we lived. That's where we were. That's, that's, that was our life. Um, so for me of evangelizing my own family was not something I ever necessarily had to think about because it's like my parents were evangelizing me, but, but, not everybody has that necessarily that luxury or, or has that opportunity. And so those people that we love the most and that arguably we're the closest to and can be the most honest with about all sorts of things are the people that we sometimes clamp up about when it comes to correcting behavior and charity um, or, or challenging somebody on a belief system that we, we know arguably is not only wrong, but, but there is a, a, a truthful path that is better to be followed. Um, and I would say in those scenarios, and this might seem like a cop-out answer, but you got to lean into it, right? Because at the end of the day, friend can walk away from you and say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And you could arguably never have to see that person ever again because it's just a friendship relationship. But your family, I mean, it would take remarkable, I think, remarkable instances in which a family says you're disowned, you're not allowed to come to dinner anymore. So if you, if you point something out or if you say something in charity or you challenge them on something or you start to share that truth with them and it makes them uncomfortable... I I don't know that they're going to say, you can't come to Christmas this year. So sometimes leaning into that, that discomfort can provide an avenue for further growth, which is not an easy thing, but neither was the cross. So.
2: Dang, Katie, you knock it out of the park. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Sorry, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to caveat all of that with, that's not a reality I've ever had to live in because my parents are super Catholic and so is Tommy's
2: family. So, that, I like I, I was big Catholic. That's good. I, I like that term. I'm yeah, going to using Catholic. that now. Yeah, we're big Catholic. That's big good.
1: Catholics. Yeah, we're big Catholics.
2: Last up, Father Ryan Hildebrand said, what do the laity need from me as their pastor in the work of evangelization? Oh, Father.
1: I love when priests ask questions because I then get to say this. We need our priests to show us that they are people. Um, I was just having a, a wonderful conversation the other day with a dear friend of mine who happens to also be a priest. Um, here in our diocese, and, and we were actually meeting to talk about this new, like, evangelization team that we want to form in our diocese, and so it's, like, this priest that I've known pretty much my whole life, and me across the table, a lay woman who's pregnant, and, and so, like, arguably, we have nothing really in common other than the fact that we're also Catholic, and we love Jesus, and, like, love our church, but yet we were able to unpack all of this awesome information, and at one point, we were talking about how sometimes there, there is this uh, attitude of clericalism that pops up in our diocese, Um, And it's because, you know, sometimes the faithful perceive priests the wrong way or priests perceive the faithful the wrong way or perceive themselves the wrong way. There's faults on all sides. And we're just kind of shooting the bull about this and laughing around. And this priest also loves Parks and Rec. So we're making consistent references to Lil Sebastian and Leslie Nope in the course of this conversation. (laughs) And he said something that I just it it completely struck me as like that is the most truthful thing I've ever heard. He said, Katie, I'm a priest. And yet there are times when I hate priests because I feel like they forget that they're people. And it, it was like, I feel like we have, a, and, and, and Father Hildebrand is asking a question on Twitter, so I would be willing to bet that this is not him in this scenario, because he is available to the flock in a way that many of them are actively present on the internet. But, but there are some that seem so distant and seem so apart from their faithful and from their flock and from their congregation. You know, Father, you like to drink, right? Like you like to have a beer. Go have a beer at a parishioner's home. You know, you, you love lasagna, Um, cook a lasagna and invite four or five different families to come over to your house and and just hang out with them not with an agenda not with a desire because you need more extraordinary ministers of communion or you need five extra you don't need
2: more extraordinary ministers no you don't that's (laughs) what your job is right like
1: to, to bring them in simply because you want to you want to have a meal with them and to show them who you are which is is, is a representation of Christ on earth and is, is bringing the sacraments to us. But you're not just a sacrament dispenser. You're, we don't just have you in our lives because you can absolve us and you can give us the Eucharist, but because your very identity leads us closer to the cross, just like my identity can lead you closer to the cross. Um, and so, like, loosen that collar a little bit, you know, take off the cassock and wear a pair of blue jeans and a polo and come hang out with us. I guarantee there will be two or three priests at my Mardi Gras ball tonight in costume, hanging out and enjoying time and, and they're not gonna walk in with holy water and a crucifix and a rosary beating people over the head. They're gonna be cutting a rug on the dance floor, having a good old time because that's what we do in Southwest Louisiana and and they're part of Southwest Louisiana because this is where they live. Um, so I think evangelization oftentimes from our priests, it doesn't just come from the pulpit and it doesn't just come from the confessional, it comes from your presence in our lives. I had nine priests at my wedding, a bishop, three deacons and four seminarians. And it's because those men have been in my life and have, have been friends of my family and, and we have been involved together. They weren't there just as priests. They were there as, as guests of my family because they've watched me grow up and have been part of, of my formation. And it was also really cool that they could say part of the Eucharistic prayer. You know, like that, I think, is a testament and a testimony to the evangelization examples in my life that they've given because of who they were.
2: Very good. I think that is <sighs> okay. fantastic. Take a deep breath. Yes. Redacted, sorry. I talk fast. <laughs> re, there's a redacted tweeter that asked a question, but he was probably wearing a bathrobe when he tweeted it. So we're going to skip over that. <laughs> go straight to the Catholic hipster hot seat. Here sorry, we go. Steve. Hot we love seat. You. It's the Catholic hipster hot seat. Sarah, you want to uh, tee it up and oh, kick man. it off? And
0: All right. So because you said you like hot dogs, I got one
2: for you. <laughs> She's been hanging on to this one. Hot dog. Uh,
0: it's been sitting here. So these are rapid fire questions and answers. So don't over. Yes. All right. Hot dogs. Toppings. Mustard or ketchup? Mustard. Chicago style. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Heck yeah. Chicago style. Sarah, yeah? You're in board with Chicago style? No, moving on. <laughs> oh, oh, quick fire. No, it's Chips okay. and salsa. Okay, lay it on me. What kind of salsa are you eating with your chips and salsa? Are we talking about salsa fresca, pico de gallo kind of stuff, or some nice smoky kind of stuff, green, red? What are we doing?
1: So I like red salsa with cilantro. There's a local mm. group in town, um, Garden Path Grocery. So it's it's a Lake Charles local that sell it for five bucks a, a bottle. A, like a little tub and they make it homemade and I live off of that stuff but I actually have not been able to eat it recently because it gives me terrible acid reflux and I'm pregnant come on so, second <laughs> trimester get over I know, here. right <laughs> hurry up week 13 <laughs> I'm, I'm a quarter Puerto Rican so I do have a, a chance to speak on the salsa thing I don't look it I'm a Puerto Rican but um, it's there <laughs> Olay,
0: <laughs> you like that joke. So, um, this is this is a fan favorite around here. We know you're pregnant, so this is not happening now. But Margarita, salt mm-hmm. or no salt? I'm a no salt kind of gal. Yes, no salt. It gets no it, salt.
1: It, it, I think it deadens the flavor of the tartness. I agree. Yeah. Yes. But I also like strawberry margaritas, so I guess that makes oh, me. Oh, me
0: too. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Okay, good. Some great. people
1: really hate it when you say that. Oh no. I,
0: I do, but
2: I'm like- gonna be a peaceful awesome. Christian and be quiet. <laughs> I also
0: like Thanks. frozen margaritas, <laughs> so take that. Pile on. Oh, that's.
2: Oh, that's what I was
1: talking about. Okay. I wasn't talking about on the rocks. Excellent. Oh, frozen all yeah. the way. It's
0: 90 degrees and humid
1: here. We only drink frozen stuff.
0: Yeah. Take that, Tommy. <laughs> uh,
2: all right. I'll take it. That's good. Current <laughs> yeah. favorite saint, Katie. Go.
1: Current favorite saint, um, either Faustina or Therese. Don't make me
0: choose.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. I
0: love them both. <laughs> Favorite pizza topping?
1: Canadian bacon.
0: Oh.
2: Mm, oh yeah. Good Graham. choice. <laughs> In some places of the world.
1: But I prefer to call it Canadian bacon. It makes me feel elite.
2: International. <laughs> You're talking about globalization like earlier, you know, so now you can. You yes.
1: Know. I love Canada.
2: Me too. I love Canada too. Uh, what are you going to be doing at 3 p.m. this afternoon?
1: Um well i'll be at a pre-game party for my
2: mother <laughs> <laughs> oh all i tried friends. to toss a softball and i blew it
1: <laughs> yeah no i will be actually i might be putting my car co- i think we're meeting at 3 30 so i'll be putting on my ursula costume which is a really weird answer to give on a podcast but there you go
0: i have an ursula costume everybody so awesome so awesome fantastic. really random no okay i'm out of questions officially there we go see Katie, every time that?
2: I All see. right, so I'm from California. I'm coming to Louisiana. Let's just pretend. What's the one food that I have to have when I'm there?
1: If you're here between November to April, crawfish. Hmm.
2: And there's boiled a, picture, crawfish. Is that a picture of your husband on Twitter yes. with the kingling. Yes,
1: boiled crawfish. So we literally yes. boil bugs. The rest of the world uses them as bait, but we eat them. Um, and you can order by the pound, and it's delightful. So you have to have boiled crawfish. If you're here outside of crawfish season, because there's a season for it, I would say gumbo or jambalaya hmm. um,
2: jambalaya yeah.
1: jambalaya spelled with with a j so it, it looks like jambalaya j-a but it's jambalaya
2: you heard it here first oh, Katie Prejean <laughs> McGrady you're off the Catholic hipster hot seat
1: thanks Whew, that was warm wasn't <laughs> it Day over I'm done
2: because you're pregnant. It's good job too, tossing oh, out the St. Lawrence quote. You, you so are good. a big Catholic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you made I wrote can I be honest? I have a sticky note that reminded me to make that joke sitting next to the microphone. Yes, even better.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll tweet woman. it afterwards. <laughs> Katie, tell people where they can get in touch with you and and see your forthcoming book inspired by that Twitter question and all the other great stuff you do.
1: Yeah, so I've um, I'm on Twitter at, at Katie Prejean. Um, and I, my website's just katieprajan.com, um, and my husband and I also run a, a little blog called CurlyWeds.com. Um, oh, where we mostly on. just write about how NFP is dumb at times and the. Surprise. Oh God, I
2: got to put that on my reading list. That's Having
1: a, oh yeah, I got some major flack for that one, but you know <laughs> what? The USCCB published it, so boom, take that, right wingers. <laughs> And then, of course, you know, we thought NFP was dumb and now we're pregnant. So there you go. Um, But so, yeah, (laughs) curlyweds.com. The proof is in the pudding. Proof is in in the uterus. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Was that too far? Sorry. No.
2: No, not at all. Not Not even close.
0: Very Catholic.
2: Katie, it was a wonderful joy to have you on. Hey, thanks for uh, having
0: me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah.
2: It was super cool. Did you get a donut delivered this time? That happened last time?
1: We're actually. This is so Louisiana. We're headed to Zydeco brunch in about 20 minutes. Um, I'll tweet it. I'll I'll tweet it at y'all. So it'll be delicious, like crawfish-based eggs benedict with a Zydeco band, which is basically Polish music with a a southern flair. I'm
2: walking to the airport right now. There you go. Zydeco brunch
1: every Saturday. Really, y'all should come do some Catholic hipster (laughs) stuff down from southwest Louisiana during Mardi Gras next year. We'll
2: hook you up. We could do like live man on the street stuff. Because...
1: Absolutely. Totally. Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Fallon style. That's not Jimmy Fallon. It's Jimmy Kimmel. Anyway.
2: Okay. Who knows? We're all asleep at that time. <laughs> Katie, it was fantastic. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy getting dressed up like Ursula. You're awesome. Everyone go follow her and, and read about how NFP sucks. It's cool.
1: There you go. Thanks, guys.
2: <laughs> Bye, Katie. Well, that was mega fun. Thanks, everybody, for joining and sending in your questions and spending time and making it to the end of the podcast with Katie. Uh, Katie, me, Sarah. It was good. I yeah. I was gonna say with Catholics, which is also true. Also I guess.
0: very true. Big Catholics.
2: Sarah, I hope you have a wonderful weekend.
0: Thanks. You too, Tommy. And always a pleasure. And we'll be back in two weeks with a guest that we have not yet planned. So we'll put that on. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be great. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. I'm Sarah. Fabulous. You can find me at Catholic Drinky on Twitter or the often not updated catholic drinky.com or coming soon at the new brave stadium for 27 games a year
2: <laughs> there you go. tomahawk you. chop and i'm tommy ty and it's at the gh silent on twitter and the never updated catholic hipster.com which is fantastic i hope you guys enjoy whatever comes next after this whenever you're listening to this yep god loves you take it easy god bless well that the state of television. we'll see you hipsters at max the other thing we're talking about Um mardi, mardi gras and mardi then we Grah. can rock these there's like three or four questions that are oh rock. that'll
0: be easy and then we'll do hot seat maybe great hot seat
2: Ooh, that's yeah. good can we record that talk about no. the-
0: <laughs> hot seat what you
2: talking about <laughs> <laughs> what
0: you talking about really? Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.